Hey folks, welcome to the Baseball Rewind, where we bring you baseball facts, stories, and sprinkle in highlights and interviews about the player that we're talking about and highlighting. So on January 21st, 1953, pitcher Dizzy Dean and outfielder Al Simmons are elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. The Baseball Writers Association of America surprisingly bypasses former New York Yankee great Joe DiMaggio in his first year eligible for the Hall of Fame. DiMaggio, of course, will gain election, but he's going to have to wait two more years. Dean gathers 209 votes, while Simmons' total of 199 is one more than is needed. The colorful Dean had a 644 career winning percentage and won 120 games from 1932 through 1936, including 30 wins in the 1934 season, which is still one of the greatest seasons ever for a National League pitcher. Simmons, who drove in 100 runs in each of his first 11 Major League seasons, was one of the most feared hitters uh, during his time. Now, DiMaggio wasn't the only snub, and I hate using that word, but, you know, Bill Terry, Bill Dickey, Rabbit Monville, uh, Dazzy Vance, Ted Lyons, Chief Bender, and Gabby Hartnett, um, they were also um, not, not elected into the Hall of Fame with this vote, but eventually they all will make it. You know, to talk about Dizzy Dean, he was a total character, uh, one of the best characters in the history of baseball. His career was really altered in the 1937 All-Star Game when Earl Averill lined a pitch off of Dean's toe. Um, the injury seemed minor at the time, but the star hurler rushed back too soon, favored his foot, and eventually hurt his invaluable right arm. Um, ineffective, Dean won less than 20 games the rain- remainder of his career real driving force for him to be uh, elected into the Hall of Fame when he piled up 120 wins um, from 1936, 1932 to 1936. In addition, he was a stud out of the bullpen. Although there was no save back then, if you, uh, when you, we went back and looked at how many games he would have saved, he would have saved 29 games and 75 relief appearances over that same stretch. And you know, the 1934 season, of course, he was amazing in the World Series. Uh, and you can listen to the entire um, World Series broadcast on VintageBaseballReflections.com. And as always, I like to, you know, g- sprinkle in some audio here. So I'm going to bring you um, Dizzy Dean. Uh, he used to have a show um, in 1940s, uh, late 1940s. And he's going to talk about one of his teammates, Frankie Frisch. It's definitely a good listen because Dean starts rambling and he starts bringing, mentioning players in situations that happen all throughout his career. You never really kind of know when it happened, but you know it happened. So um, I'm going to give you that treat. And uh, like I said, if you want to check out, uh, if you want to check out um, the 1934 World Series, you go to vintagebaseballreflections.com. Also, uh, several All-Star games, including the 1937 All-Star game that featured Dean um, and that um, unfortunate injury he had. So check them out on Vintage baseball reflections. Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket? I know what you're thinking, it's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, They're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? 
are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips and games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at thecheckout.com. Well, here he is again, folks, Dizzy Dean, brought to you by the makers of Johnson's Wax for Car New, the wax-fortified auto polish that cleans and polishes your car in one easy application. Howdy, folks. I want to congratulate you all on the fine, slick-looking cars I've been seeing lately. You all must have been taking that advice from Frank Ashen that's been passing out every Saturday. Congratulations, everybody. Say, that's rather a long word, Mr. Dean, that you use. Next thing you know, you'll be felicitating your listeners. Not on your life, Frank. I got better manners than that. <laughs> but I did practice a lot on that congratulations, and it shows that practice will do. But I guess a guy that wrote me a letter last week was right. I gotta be careful. Gotta be careful about what, Diz? About them big words. He said, Dear Dizzy, I heard you the other night, and you used some mighty fancy words. Remember, if you ever get an education, you're ruined. <laughs> Don't worry about that, Diz. You won't be ruined. You're one of the most versatile persons I know. You'll always be able to adapt whatever you have, whatever you are, to the exigencies of the moment. That is to say, whatever it takes, you'll have. And, Diz, right now, what it takes is an answer to the mailbag and a good one today. Mr. James Allen of Chicago wants you to tell him what usually goes first with a ball player. That is, does he lose his ability to hit, to run, or throw when Father Time catches up with his big league career? To paraphrase that is, is it failing eyes, weary legs, or loss of pitching power that causes a big leaguer to know it's about time to look around for that old rocking chair? Brother, that's a large order, but it's a good question. I reckon it depends on a lot what you are doing on the ball field, Frank. Now take me. I was all right till I got a sore arm. I still could uh, hit, and if it hadn't been for my arm, I'd tried for the outfield. I was a pretty good hitter, you know. But I guess Mr. Allen's thinking of players besides pitchers. Let's take a couple. I'll never forget Frankie Frisch, for instance, as he wound up a great career. There's a couple of stories on Frankie to give you an idea of what I mean. Dizzy Dean, the anecdote man. And that's a good way to answer a question, Diz. Proceed. It was one of those uh, midweek afternoons in St. Louis, Frank. You know, before they got around to playing mostly night baseball. The Cardinals wasn't in the race much that year, and there was only a few cash customers at this here ball game I'm talking about. You know, a nice, quiet afternoon with no noise. Well, along about the eighth inning, Frisch decides he'd bat for the pitcher in the hopes of starting a rally. And as Frankie walked from the dugout, swinging a couple of bats, one of them leather-lung guys in the grandstand broke the silence. He yelled out so you could hear him all over the ballpark. Come on, Father Time! <laughs> Frankie turns a little red in the face, but he was a quick man with a comeback. He walked up to the plate and says to Beans Redden, the umpire, Beans, who, uh... Who's that guy yelling at me? You or me? And Bean says, go ahead, hit, Frisch. You know who he's yelling at. I'm just a young fella. <laughs> this was that Frisch's last appearance. No, I'll never forget the guy, uh, the day Frisch really quit playing baseball. 
We was playing at Philadelphia, and Frankie was at second base that day. He could still hit, and he knew the hitters. He wasn't hurting the ball club any, but in the late innings, with Frisch on second and Terry Moore on first, Joe Medrick socks a base hit to right. When you're on baseline like that, you've got to be sure not to run until you're certain the ball ain't going to be caught. Anyhow, when Frisch finally seen that Medrick's hit was going safe, he took off for third. Boy, how Frisch was trying to run. He rounded third, but that time we was all scared Terry Moore was going to pass him and get called out. Terry was gaining on Frisch ever stepped. And just as Frisch slid for the plate, Moore slid, too, and almost took an arm off of Frisch. <laughs> that was the end of the playing trail for the old Fordham Flash. He got to his feet, brushed himself off, hobbled to the dugout, and said to Stu Martin, Stuart, you go out to second base. When a man can't catches me on them bases when I got a 30-yard head start, boys, it's time for the old Flash to quit. And Stu Martin wasn't a regular second baseman from then on. Well, that's one vote, Dizzy, for the theory that the legs are the first to go back on an aging ball player. Yes, I guess that's the number one reason, Frank. But occasionally a man who can still run like a deer loses his batting eye or his batting power. You heard that story about Paul Wainer, didn't you, Frank? No, but I know I'm going to hear it. Paul was getting along in years. He had left Pittsburgh and was with the Boston Braves. They went over to Sanford, Florida to play an exhibition game. Casey Stengel was managing the club that year... While sitting on the bench, Paul Wainer t- turned to Stengel and said, uh, Case, what's that there advertising sign on the fence? And Stengel turns around kind of surprised and said, Paul, are you kidding? Can't you see that sign? And Paul said, No, Case, I can't see it. My eyes must be going back on me. Paul was still pretty clever up there at the plate, though. The way he hit plenty of them line drives, you'd never think there was nothing wrong with his, his eyes. Anyhow, Stengel asked Paul when he had noticed his eyes was going back on him. And Paul says, all the last couple of years I noticed the ball don't look as big as it used to coming up to the plate. And Stengel says, well, how does it look to you now, Paul? And Paul says, oh, it looks just about the size of a baseball. <laughs> and Stengel says, for goodness sake, how does it used to look? And Wainer says, just as serious as he can be. Casey, until just a couple of years ago, that baseball coming up to the plate looked as big as a grapefruit. <laughs> yes, no wonder he was a great hitter, Diz. In fact, there were a couple of tough hitters named Wainer. And I'll never forget what old Grover Cleveland Alexander said on a railway station platform at the end of one of his last big league seasons. The Cardinals had played their last game of the season. It was on the road. Everybody was going home, and they were talking about what they planned to do. And old Pete Alexander wasn't saying very much. One of the baseball writers asked him how he was going to pass the offseason. And Pete replied, I think I'll go home to Nebraska, get a couple of sacks of corn cobs, and practice how to pitch to those Wainer boys. Old Pete said a mouthful, Frank. It was tough pitching to them Wainers. Yeah, something like trying to find Stan Musial's weakness, eh, Diz? <laughs> oh, didn't you know, Frank? One pitcher's found how to pitch to Musial. His name is Preacher Rowe, a left-hander with a Dodger. Very interesting, Diz. And just what is Preacher Rose's formula for stopping the Cardinal star slugger? Well, Frank, during a Cardinal Brooklyn game the other day in St. Louis, a couple of Brooklyn pitchers was talking on the bench how they would pitch to Stan, and Rose says, uh, I got a better plan than that, boys. The best way to pitch to Musial is to give him four straight balls, good and wide, at the plate, and then pick him off a first. <laughs> You'll never get a hit that way. That's a fine idea. Say, Diz, you answer a lot of questions on this show. Yes, sir, I sure do, and I like it. Well, that's fine, because there's another question I'd like to ask you. Are you fussy about the way your car looks? Well, nobody ain't never called me Fussy Dean, but barring that word fussy, I can tell you that there ain't nothing I like better than driving a high, shiny, pretty-looking car. Well, man, I guess we all agree with Dizzy on that. 
The trouble is, cleaning and polishing a car is some job. Unless, of course, you've got some Carnu stashed away in your garage. That's Johnson's wax-fortified Carnu. Carnu makes cleaning easy because Carnu contains special ingredients that cut right through the road film that clings to the finish of your car. You know, that sticky, oily road film that water can't touch. But Johnson's Carnu does something else, too. Carnu is wax-fortified, and so it polishes your car, makes it shine like a million. Just rub it on, let it dry to a white powder, and wipe it off. Your car is cleaned and polished in one easy application. Rub it on, wipe it off. That's all there is to it. You've got a car that sparkles all over. A car that you or I or Dizzy Dean would be proud to ride in. So right after this program, drop in at your dealer's or your nearest filling station and get some Johnson's Wax Fortified Carnu. That's C-A-R-N-U. Carnu, your car today. And tomorrow, drive a car with a real Sunday shine. Now, Diz, could you regale us with one of your baseball stories? Yes, Frank. We was talking a while back about Casey Stingham and reminded me one of a story about old Case. It was one of those funnest characters I ever seen in baseball, and he's got a big laugh out of this one. Casey was managing Brooklyn Dodgers, and one of his pitchers was named Boom Boom Beck. Hmm. Boom Boom got that nickname while he was playing over at Phillies in the old Baker Bowl with that short right field and a high ten fence. The batters used to tee off on Beck now and then, and one day when they were hitting one after another against that ten fence, and each would make a loud boom, somebody said... Boom, boom, Beck loses another. <laughs> and before you know it, Beck's nickname is Boom, Boom. Well, in the same Baker Bowl one day, Beck was pitching for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers got off to a five-run lead. But in the fifth inning, the Phillies start teeing off on Boom, Boom. And manager Casey Stingle walks out to the mound for a conference. Hack Wilson is playing right field for the Dodgers. And he's a little tired from chasing a couple of extra base hits. And he sits down in the grass to rest his feet. Meantime, Stingle decides to take Beck out of the box, and Beck doesn't like it. He's still ahead, and he wants to stay at least five innings long enough to get credit for the game if the Dodgers win. So he gets mad when Stingle wants to take him out. Beck turns around, throws the ball with all his might to right field. The ball hits that ten wall with a loud boom, and Hack Wilson (laughs) thinks the game must have got started again mighty quick. He figures somebody just nicked boom boom for another base hit. So he jumps to his feet, Races after the ball, wheels and makes one of the finest throws you ever seen, right to the home plate. And was his face red when he sees the did all that running and made that fine throw for nothing. After the game, he wanted to ring Beck's neck. Now, Ben, <laughs> knowing Stangle as I do, Diz, I know that if that ball game was lost, the story that he got out of it took all the sting out of being vanquished. Yep, that Stingle sure loved the joke. You heard about the time he gave the Polo Grounds fans the bird, sure enough, didn't you, Frank? No, but we can always use another Stengel story, Diz. Well, a short one, Frank. Old Case was about the end of his trail, and the fans at the Polo Grounds had started riding him. He had a couple of bad breaks in the outfield. It was long in the spring, and out in right field, Casey had seen a baby spiral, just about able to fly. At the end of the inning, when it was uh, his turn at bat, first in the New York half, he caught the spower without making no fuss about it and put it in his cap. He goes to bat, the bat rack, and gets a bat and walks up to the plate. He knew what was coming all right. The fans give him the Bronx cheer, you know, one of them fooey rounds of applause. <laughs> well, Casey stepped away from the plate and made a fancy bow, taking off his cap real careful, and as he did, the little spower flew out. See what I mean, Frank? Casey, give the stands the bird. Ah, yes, Diz. Casey Stangle would be just the man to turn the tables on the fans like that. Now it's time for you to turn on your wisdom 
for the benefit of America's youthful ballplayers. What is your advice today for young men who want to get into that big league, Dizzy Dean the coach? It's a short lesson today, Frank. We've talked about pitching and catching, outfielding and infielding. And this is a little general advice. Advice for Sandlot teams, let's call it, Frank. When a green rookie breaks into pro baseball, one of the tough things for him is to learn about playing baseball with signs. All right, let's start on the Sandlot. Get together with your manager or captain. Have a meeting at somebody's house. Work out a set of signs. They can be simple. If you touch red or uh, on your uniform, you're going to try to hit and run. If you touch leather, you're going to sacrifice. Or if the coach calls you by your first name, it's a steal sign. Get yourself a set of signs, boys, and start playing like the professionals. It'll be a lot of fun. You'll be able to go through a ball game without uh, having to whisper in anybody's ear. And it'll come in handy when you hit the minor league club. If you know how to operate on the sign system, boys, you'll be a big league before you know it. Well, I can visualize a lot of weekend meetings of boys' baseball clubs, Diz. And it sounds like a lot of extra fun for the youngsters who like to play ball. Now, for the older men who play baseball, big league baseball, what do you see in the crystal ball, Dizzy Dean, the reporter? I see three little steam shovels. And they're kind of shaky, Frank. Steam shovels and shaky. What can that mean, Jerome? It means that Billy Southworth's Braves haven't got that big, fat lead they had a couple of weeks ago, Frank. And them three little steam shovels uh, feel mighty bad about it. You know, that's what they call Mr. Louis Perini and Mr. his two partners who brought the Braves a few years ago. They're all three of them contractors. And when they started uh, working on the Braves, the newspaper men in Boston gave them that nickname, the Three Little Steam Shovels. And I imagine, Dizzy, that in the background you see in that crystal ball a few little redbirds, don't you? And they're flying in the right directions, Frank. They're climbing. And say, uh, I see another manager was fired last night. Yes, Frank, and it's the same old story. There ain't enough tennis to go around, so four National League managers get fired. Nice Johnny Noon. And I guess a sore arm done it. Now, wait a minute. A sore arm? I didn't know that managers got sore arms. It wasn't Noon that had a sore arm, Frank. Yule Blackwell got the sore arm, so Johnny Noon gets fired. You know, Frank, I hate to see a good guy like that get the gate. But it uh, give another good guy a chance. I want to wish Bucky Wallers, one of the finest gentlemen in baseball, the best of luck. And being a manager, he'll need it, Frank. Brother, I'm glad I'm a broadcaster. And, folks, we hope you'll be right back with us at this same time next week to listen to Dizzy Dean. He's brought to you by Johnson's Car New, the wax-fortified auto polish that cleans and polishes your car in one easy application. Car New cleans when you rub it on, sweeps the road film right off your car, film that water won't touch. Car New polishes when you wipe it off, makes your car prettier to look at than a ninth-inning rally. Remember, to give your car that Sunday shine, rub it on, wipe it off, is all you do with Car New. And this is Old Diz. Hope all you folks understand this time next Saturday, I'll be pitching them across again for Johnson's Car New. This is Frank Eschen saying goodbye until next Saturday for the makers of Johnson's wax-fortified auto polish, Car New. This program came to you from KSD St. Louis. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.